Biggins. Pretty good, mate. Bottoms up, eh? Well, speaking of bottoms, I wanted to ask you about emojis. Uh, as in those icons that I used to text people with on my phone. That's my question. So, as you would know from our regular text messages, I have conceded fully. In fact, more than conceded, I would say I've committed to emojis. There was a while there where the snobbishness of me refused to give in to emojis and, you know, to go with the idea of trying to use symbols or something to represent a feeling, an emotion, an event. But I've decided to go, you know what, with mobile phones, of course, with cellular technology, with the smartphone, a few years ago I thought, what the hell, let's go with the little punch icon, the thumbs up icon and so on. But I know someone I work with who, on principle, in an intellectually snobbish way, refuses to embrace the emoji. And not only does he refuse to embrace it, but he's actually quite snobbish about those that do use it and judges them accordingly. My question to you, what happens next in relation to their place in the world if they refuse to to adopt the emoji. Does the emoji overwhelm them and they become like that old granny that refuses to learn a computer? Or is there some value in the person holding out from using the emoji? I think that um, there is room in the world for the conscientious objectors to emojis and like there was for people who obstinately refused to, for example, get a mobile or cellular phone for a long period of time. I know people not very much older than me who had quite important jobs. They needed to be contacted at all times for various reasons and they just stubbornly refused to get a phone. They were like, no, it's worked this way for however many years. If you need me, you can send me an email and if I'm in my office, I'll answer it. If I'm not in my office, I won't answer it. And if I'm in my office, I'll pick up the phone. If I'm not there, you can leave a message and I'll call you back. And I think emojis is kind of a similar thing. I think a lot of people see it as a bit of a fad. I don't have a clue what Snapchat is. I've never used Snapchat. I've never used WhatsApp. I never will use WhatsApp, I don't think. Um, But certainly I've used emojis. They're fun. They are a quick, easy way to say, yeah, mate, got your message. Looking forward to it effectively or with a single fist bump or a a a single symbol of... Um, hang loose, thumbs up, high five, whatever. So, to go with your analogy about the mobile phone where your friends refused to, you know, take calls on their phone and so on because they thought, come on, we've got on with life. We've been organized enough to turn up on time for a meeting for a beer or a date or whatever. It's no excuse to say, oh, I'll just send a text message and they'll excuse my lack of punctuality or something like that. What was the tipping point for those people? Did they ever come round and kind of accept and go with the prevalence of mobile phones or are they still holding out? And can we take any lessons from those people and apply it to the emoji phobes? I think that the people that I know who were the um, the stubborn ones who held up for a long time with the phones have actually now come full circle and are now huge embraces of the phone not so much the phone but just modern technology twitter you know the internet 
constantly using the internet, constantly looking at stuff on Twitter. They get their news through Twitter, that you know that sort of thing. Um, whereas I never look at Twitter. I only ever look at Twitter when someone sends me a link to a, something that someone said on Twitter, for example. But um, I just don't know that emoji is going to have that bigger influence as a form of communication as the mobile phone, obviously. But I think that the way that these little icons have just become, or emoticons or whatever you're meant to call them, have become a form of communication, I think is quite hilarious, really. You know the difference between emojis and emoticons, right? Okay. No, I don't. I do. But I only know this because for a long time I kind of used the terms interchangeably. And then one day, you know, occasionally you think to yourself, I should really look that up. I should really look up, insert something. And unless you look at it on Wikipedia or Google it on your phone at the time, you just forget completely and think to yourself the next time, oh, I should really confirm so-and-so. What is the capital of Australia, for example? Answer, Canberra. But back to emoticons and emojis. Emoticons are when you might get, say, the semicolon with the bracket to do a winky face. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. And the emoji is the fully committed graphical image, like with a colour picture of a yellow Uh, face. Yes. So, an emoticon is a semicolon bracket to mean wink, a smiling wink. It's the text-based or the character-based, the keyboard-based representation of of an image and an emoji is the actual image itself. I can't say that I've ever used an emoticon. Yeah, an emoticon is what you'd use if you were texting on an old sort of Nokia 5210 phone or you're writing an email and your email program doesn't do the automatic conversion. Because if you type in, say... The winky face as a... Is it a colon or semicolon? Semicolon is a wink. Okay, so it's semicolon and then the closed bracket, right? Yep, that would be a smiling wink. So, if I type that in Gmail or Outlook, it automatically converts it when I do it in the space bar to a graphical representation, to a mini picture of a yellow face winking. Oh, is that right? Does yours do the same thing? Probably, but I've never really noticed. I think with mobile phones, just the fact that you actually have an inbuilt keyboard with with those types of images available, whereas on a regular desktop where you're relying on a physical keyboard, those options don't appear as organically. Could you imagine having this conversation with a 90-year-old and they'd just be going, what the fuck? Like, one, write a letter. Two, pick up the phone. What? Three, type what you mean. Don't don't type in punctuation combinations to make smiling face. Like, how hard is it to type? I'm happy rather than writing, or oh, that pleases me rather than just writing semicolon, close bracket, and hope that the computer converts it to a smile. Like, it's just, it's. It, I think it's quite hilarious how far we've come, but also how it's quite sort of juvenile, really. Like, it's just like the complete dumbing down of communication so much so that you know kids can't write proper full sentences see the thing is i think that it's a bit like people talking about music back in my day music was the best and now music is rubbish and every generation always thinks that the music of their time was the best music in existence be it the beatles be it the grateful dead or the clash or air or 
Silverchair or Guns N' Roses or Flume or Katy Perry or whoever it might be over the decades. I think with emojis, emoticons and communication, it's kind of the same thing. People have this romance towards the written word. But if you think about it, we evolve in all sorts of ways. Like we drop the G on words and say fucking, not fucking, you know. We adopt different pronunciations of words as the world becomes smaller. For example, it's pretty ubiquitous in Australia right now for people to use the word forehead instead of forehead. We don't pronounce buoy, which the Americans used to refer to like a floating uh, object of plastic off the coastline. We call it a buoy. But there are a lot of American expressions we use or even expressions like people say something like, I'm not ready for that or I'm not doing that already. Adding the word like already at the end of a sentence like my bad. My bad is a perfect example in the last five years where that term has been totally embraced in Australia, but it's very much an American expression. Do you remember you and I at uni used the word dude instead of mate? And people kind of thought that we were trying to be try-hard Californian skaters or surfers. Yeah. So I kind of think that with emojis and emoticons, it's like, you know what? It's just an evolution and it's not necessarily a dumbing down because you just as easily say that people are thinking critically and smartly in other ways and it's just a very succinct way of communicating in the same way that we'll be having autonomous cars instead of driving. Who decides the list of emojis that you get on your phone? <laughs> like what's with the what's with the minimal amount of food choices, for example, or what's with the you know, the microscope and the calculator and the and then like the coffin and the needle and the you know, the safe or the plane I get the plane taking off the plane landing, the the, the island with the palm tree. I use those ones all the time. Yeah. But then there's like fifteen different coloured flags or then there's like all these random sort of Japanese style ribbons and things. Like yeah. I use probably ten percent of the emojis. 100% of the time, and the rest I've never used and would never use. Great example, the coffin. Of all the icons out there for all of the words, how often does someone say in a conversation, something, 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 coffin? Mm. I get it for dead, but they already have the skull and crossbones mm. for dead um, or poison or something. Yeah. It is weird. And also, too, it's very culturally specific, very Western, like the food. I don't see much dull happening you know, like, well, it's strange. There's like hamburgers, pizzas, spaghetti bolognese, and then there's like sashimi, but sashimi on rice. It's not like, you know, and it's like no sushi, isn't it? It's like sushi or sashimi, and then it's almost like um, udon noodles or something. And it's like, you know, what it basically is. It's basically all bit- the takeaway foods eaten by all of those developers in New York City who are creating these icons from some sort of really groovy warehouse and. It's the sort of food they can order through Fedora or Deliveroo or Uber Eats. That's pretty much it, right? But is it Apple? Do you get the same emojis on a Samsung phone? Oh, yeah. Good question. If any listeners want to try and uh, get in touch and let us know if for the uh, Android peeps out there, if it's the same emojis. And what happens next for the phone manufacturers? If you are a phone manufacturer, could you potentially use that as a selling point? Now with 50,000 different emojis to choose from. Okay, tell me this. 
Is there some sort of international standard? Like, you know how, for example, there are various forms of sign language, right? And there are international standards in relation to measurements, mm-hmm. like imperial and metric and yada yada. Is there some sort of emoji standard where you have to try and do your version of the winking face or your version of the smiling poo? Is there the Russian turd that has less sort of twirl to it, but the mm. eyes still appear? Um, is there a version of, say, if we have the eggplant followed by the spurt of water to, you know, comically refer to a penis and ejaculation? In some- is that what you use the eggplant for? Yeah, 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 totally, yeah. Right, okay. I wonder, in Scandinavia, do they just basically have, like, an icon of a penis? Yeah. Just cut they, to the chase. They, Excuse the pun. The, the German, the, I mean, the Germans would. They'd be very efficient. Why, why use two emojis when you can just have one? Well, I wonder if there's any cliche here where the Germans have like a paddle yeah. or like handcuffs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a UN of emojis where basically various countries like Iran comes in with their opinions. The Solomon Islands, they're quite relaxed about it and saying, you know, why aren't there more representations of fish, which is more part of our cuisine? Um, in Russia, they want to have the pickled fish. And it's like, okay, do we put the fish in a jar? Is it the same emoji? You know, emoji like... A lot of competing interests. So, is it the software or is it the phone? It's the software, right? And the software all comes out of America. But why can't they tailor their software to suit where the phone is going to be sold? That's a good point. Well, they clearly do with languages, right? Like, obviously, they have, like, Mandarin, Cantonese, Spanish, French, German, etc. So, they obviously cater it towards languages. If emojis are a language of sorts, who's not to say that you don't have a culturally specific emoji language? Why wouldn't you sell a phone in far north Queensland where there's a lot of sharks, crocodiles, pineapples, crocodiles? Did I mention them? Sharks, crocodiles, and snakes. Did I mention the snakes and crocodiles and sharks? Thongs, stubbies, box jellyfish. Wouldn't you have a whole bunch of emojis for that sort of stuff? Maybe that can be the future of um, the phones. They can, you know, the phone is tailored to. Apple are selling the Sydney phone. So, you can, you've got an emoji for different suburbs of Sydney or different places in Sydney and then there's a phone for, for, for Boston or, you know, all the cool things in Boston. You can emoji someone, I'll meet you at, bang. Well, it's not the phone, it's the software. So, you download the software pack. You know what it's like? It's like you're travelling and you get two things. You get the Lonely Planet Kindle or Lonely Planet app for San Francisco and you also... Double down with the San Fran emoji pack. Yep. So, just to make sure that you include lots of little emojis of like hills and those trams on the hills. Windy streets. Exactly. Uh, Fog, mist, that kind of thing. Seals, sea lions, Alcatraz. All the cliches. (laughs) I think we've, um, well, I think we've, we've worked out what happens next for the phone manufacturers, but I understand there's an emoji movie. How does that get greenlit? In the tough, this tough economic climate. Well, hang on, hang on. Let's put a bow on my mate at work. So, what happens next with him? I feel he has to get with the times. And I think for the emoji phobe out there who's nervous about embracing the fist bump, don't start off too, in too unfamiliar territory. Just do a little gentle baby steps. Don't confuse things. Go for the default yellow fist. No need to try and spend too much time working out whether you should go for the the pale pink or the tanned brown or the black. Just go for the default that pops up, which is usually like a yellow icon. A few baby steps. And when you get more confident, perhaps you can sort of start 
working your way up to the eggplant and the uh, spurt of drops. I'm going to start looking at the eggplant. <laughs> I'm not used to that one. <laughs> All that time I've been getting that eggplant emoji from you, Biggins. It, I, I have to keep thinking to myself, what's with Biggins and his obsession with me making masaka? Well, it's even worse than that. If you have too many eggplants, apparently it can bring on cold sores. Is that right? Yeah, I read that somewhere on the internet somewhere at some point. <laughs> Down a very deep rabbit hole that night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, WHN, what happens next with this emoji movie? What does this mean for movies? If you were a competing studio, what happens next at your end? Do you respond with the full stop movie? the semicolon miniseries on HBO. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There's a reason why there wasn't an emoticon movie. The emoticon movie is like the kind of Citizen Kane of the emoji movies. It's like the black and white version. It's like paired back, raw. It's the semicolons, the colons, the closed brackets, the open brackets. It's like the- It's a silent movie. It's the Nosferatu of uh, German expressionism horror. For the emoji audience, it's it's the film school version of the emoji film. Yeah, it, someone someone's made one probably somewhere for a film school assignment, and I'm sure it's very entertaining. It's probably more entertaining than the talking poo that's going to be the emoji movie. But um, have you seen that picture of that uh, bus stop? There's a photograph of a bus stop uh, that has the poster. I haven't seen it. No. So you know how you've got character posters for movies, and you have like, for example. Uh, if it's a film, like a modern version of something like Reservoir Dogs, whatever, you have like the photograph each one. A good example would be... The new Transporting 2 movie was like that. Perfect, yeah. yeah. Or any of the Marvel films, which had like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 or Captain America Civil War and has like the Captain America poster, you know, the uh, Thor poster, etc., etc. This is the character poster for the poo emoji and just says, meet poo. And has a picture of the poo with the eyeballs. Looks exactly the same as on your mobile phone. Yep. And that's his emoji movie. To me, this is Armageddon. This is the end of times. I think it's the end of the world as we know it. And I don't feel fine. I find it quite scary that vast sums of money that belong to someone or that belong to a group of people are being spent to make something based on emojis. I found out that there was an emoji movie... 20 minutes ago and I'm still I'm still in it I'm still in shock or I really am I find it hard to believe but I'm also not that surprised but I mean I didn't think they'd ever make 8 Fast and the Furious but they did so did they uh, or 9 8, eight. eight? Yeah. the last one was Fate of the Furious do you get it 8th 8 Fate wow. very clever wow working at multiple levels when I say multiple I mean like 2 yeah yeah <laughs> Here's what the problem is. Let's dive deep here. Let's dive deep. I think the reason why you're distressed by the Emoji Movie is obviously it's this desperate attempt by the studios to try and cling to any form of IP, intellectual property, with the idea that there's some sort of preconceived audience that already exists. And therefore, if they do the Emoji Movie, there's this waiting crowd of people that go, Emojis, I use them, I get them, I'll watch them. The problem is that kind of logic is like saying, let's do the grass movie. Everyone's seen grass. Grass is everywhere. Let's do a movie about grass. 
Emojis are just a functional form of communication that people use in email, mobile phones, tablets, whatever. But people aren't attached, I don't think, to the emojis in of themselves. They're just a means to an end. Now, a G.I. Joe, I didn't watch those two G.I. Joe films. There were two, weren't there? Those films like a fever dream. I think they happened, yeah. but I can't quite recall. Yeah, maybe Biggins. Oh, mate, you're really testing me now. Yeah, I think there were two. Anyway. That sort of stuff doesn't come up on Chalk's radar very often. <laughs> the point being, the point being is I do vaguely recall that there were two G.I. Joe films, but at least people had an affinity to the toy as a kid and played with the character. There was a character with not much, but some personality. In contrast, I don't think the freaking emoji poo icon or emoji, the emoji emoji, has any personality and people identify and go, yeah, I really like that character of the poo with eyes that sits on my keyboard. I think that 45% of the audience will be just to see how they can possibly make a film out of it and go, what crazy bullshit storyline have they come up with to make this work? Like, are they going to use all the 25 different flags in the movie? Are they going to use those inanimate objects that we described before? Or is it going to be like the emoji and the smiley face just cruising around the world together? Sorry, the the poo and the smiley face. Is this... It beggars belief. It really does. Like, I just, I'm just imagining the pitch for this film and someone in a studio going, "Yeah, that ticks all my KPI. That's that's going to be a, that's a winner. That's a short. Hey, how much do you want? Fifty? Yeah, okay. Here's fifty million. Go for it." There's actually a piss take trailer on the interwebs from about I think it's like five years ago, where it's a piss take about someone pitching the idea to a studio to do a film based on frozen yogurt. Bizarrely, if someone did that today, I wouldn't be surprised. What was once a piss take would actually be potentially like the McDonald's movie or the KFC serial drama. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's just like a movie about like Tic Tacs, family of Tic Tacs or something, you know, like far out, what's next? So, WHN. What happens next? What's the next intellectual property or product Wow! that if, if they're prepared to go as far as the Emoji movie, pushing it in that direction, what's the next possible product they would choose that's as absurd as that, potentially pushing the envelope even more? I mean, I was just thinking very quickly about like a family of TV remotes. And then, like, what happens with them? But then Adam Sandler made a movie <laughs> where he was controlled by a TV remote or something. So, uh, click, click. So yeah. that that's been done. I mean, yeah. Like, you think of all the kids' toys that have now been turned into movies. Like, it's quite astonishing. Well, these toys again characters that conceivably you play with the characters and you develop fictional stories so for example when my little rodents play with lego and stuff they make up their own stories beyond the character of the lego that you bought they mix their heads around and they make up fictional stories entirely they might start with say a Darth Vader character or a a Marvel character but they'll mix them all up and change their arms and stuff and whatever when you come across to my place before, they've asked you to try and switch in the arms and so on to try and mix up the colours, and they invent a whole new story. 
with the emoji, no one freaking falls in love with, say, the fist bump and go, ah, the fist bump. She's a really cool, you know, icon. Very complex, very morally ambiguous, you know, as a character. Um, Difficult choices to make. Yeah. I mean, I'm just not sure that I like that, um, you know, that winking face. Is it, you know, is it a piss take or is it actually really saying, hey, mate, how you doing? Like, I'm just not sure if I really like that winking face guy. I'm just not sure. Honestly, it's I find it quite scary. You know, what's more scary? That they greenlit Fast and Furious eight or that they greenlit Fast and Furious five? Like I think the eight's a no brainer because they've got to seven and what's another hundred mil? And also, I mean, surely they're gonna run out of comic books, right? They're running out of comic books. But then they'll just do what they did when we Star Wars and they'll just go, Okay, let's create a movie before the first comic book was made and we'll just tell the whole backstory of pre-comic books and then they'll go okay what's next is it that they are running out of original ideas or is it that they're is it just too easy to make up an original idea based on something that's already there is that the idea or it's just a safety net basically they think that a new idea hollywood a new idea a unique vision is risky there was a time when people craved uniqueness and they said, bring us something that we haven't seen before. And now all of these bean counters and suits. And by the way, some of them have their hearts in the right place, but they're under incredible pressure to deliver results and try and mitigate you know, losses and try and maximize profits. Anything that's got pre-built-in awareness brings comfort because it means it's more likely they'll get more bums and seats because someone says, oh yeah, I played Monopoly once. Yeah, I will go and see a film based on Monopoly or, as the case was a few years ago, the Battleship movie that was very loosely based on a freaking board game with small plastic pieces. You asked before, how many more characters can there possibly be? I read today that the president or the head of Sony has been looking at the 509, no hyperbole required, literally 509 characters that Sony... Just Sony, just one studio has licensed from Marvel. This this is before Marvel is the current version of Marvel. This is where Marvel was desperate for cash and licensing all of their characters left, right and center. 509 possible characters to exploit. So these aren't the Spider-Mans and so on, even though they own Spider-Man, it's the other ones. They're doing a movie called Silver Black about a character called Silver Sable, who's a Spider-Man anti-hero sexy woman in silver suit, and Black Cat, who's a Spider-Man anti-hero slash nemesis in sexy tight black suit, a bit like Catwoman in some sort of film which has been pitched as the superhero version of... What's that film with the women that drive the car off the cliff? I'm from Thelma and Louise. The female superhero version of Thelma and Louise. Wow. So now we're taking really fringe superhero characters and then trying to reappropriate them into pre-existing, recognisable mm-hmm. stories in history like mm-hmm. that, that heist film or that two girls get away film or that mm-hmm. you know coming of age film i guess in some ways they're reinventing those superheroes in that way rather than being yet another origin story about someone gaining special superpowers that's a bit better mm. but still like why not just do a original story without having to try and cloak it with tights and capes 
Yep. You scroll through your Netflix looking for something to watch and it's like the remake of Magnificent Seven or Fast and Furious 8 or Captain America this or Iron Man 10 or wow. Is there anything here that I can... Oh, I'll just watch Whiplash again because that's an original movie and I enjoyed it and it's good. Or I'll watch something else for the third time because it's original and it's good. You know, like... It's hard to find something that is actually not based on a TV show, based on a comic book character, prequel to something, or like the third in in a row of some other movie. It's very difficult. But I'm looking forward to seeing the Emoji movie, so... Sure, in some sort of parallel universe where I have to see this to try and save my family's life. I'm the Harrison Ford character. It's like a firewall. (laughs) Then sure, we'll go and see it. Otherwise, count me out. Not going to be able to do it. But what happens next, WHN, have you heard this? So, what happens next, the new version of the Emoji movie that's sweeping Hollywood, and has been for like the last five years, that's the alternative to the intellectual property of a toy or a 1980s cartoon or an old superhero film being rebooted, is the true life story. In Australia, that's just becoming pretty much par for the course for every TV movie or miniseries is let's base this independent, mid-range, Oscar-bait film or TV series based on the true life story of particularly formative characters in history. So, for example, there's that recent one called Feud based on... The names are escaping me. But based on those two 1940s icons... Oh, yes, man, Betty bad. Davis. Betty Davis. And someone and someone's suing. Yep. yep. Man, this is terrible. I can't believe we forgot their names. Uh it's um the Ava Gardner who was married to Frank Sinatra? Uh, I don't know. I saw a trailer today for one called Professor what's his name? I can't recall his name. And the Wonder Women. So this was obviously made around the same time before the latest uh, Wonder Woman film by Warner Brothers, and it's about the creator of Wonder Woman and his polygamous relationship. So it's basically about him and his wife and a second woman who becomes part of their relationship, and he's a lecturer at university, and then he creates Wonder Woman on the side, and the trailer kind of shows him going through some sort of ethics confrontation, consultation, um, about his relationship and the lack of credibility of his comic book character, Wonder Woman, because apparently, you know, she encouraged violence and... Infidelity. exactly. And then the kind of analogy is that he had his own secret identity with his wife and then the mistress with the three of them in a relationship whilst creating Wonder Woman. So it's kind of like the art house spin-off, realistic, behind-the-scenes version of how this massive... 2017 success of a film Wonder Woman came to be that seems to me in a really cynical way to be kind of genius (laughs) so what happens next mate what's the next property that Hollywood exploits it would appear that they're looking for film ideas in in everything in day to day items you know Dyson vacuum cleaners or Dyson vacuum cleaners the movie actually you know what is it going to be like the Dyson monster ball thing against the against the blender and then the there's a Dyson called a monster. Is there? One of the vacuum cleaners is the type of vacuum. It's a monster or something. Right, right. Whatever's next is this. Hollywood does the world building between Dyson is the first film, followed by the Thermix movie, 
And the third film is Dyson versus Thermix. It's like the Batman the yeah. Superman of elitist kitchen items. Yep. I can see it happening. Honestly, I can see I can see there being a Thermix against the Dyson movie. So does is a Thermix movie about this elitist kind of Thermix born with a silver spoon? It's kind of like, you know, the sort of film about someone's a bit uppity and yep. the Thermix goes to college and like hooks up with sort of <laughs> the Cambrook blender who's kind of like from the wrong side of the tracks. 1970s. Oh, okay. Yep. The white plastic's gone a bit yellow over time. Mm-hmm. And the Cambrook or the the Phillips blender kind of like Breville. is a bit more on the street. The Breville, yep. the Breville blender is a bit more on the street and just kind of like teaches the Thermix about just good old values and you can't be judged by the speed of your rotary blades or the size of your engine or the whiteness yeah, of your plastic on the outside. The Thermix starts cutting class with the Cambrook kettle because Cambrook kettle's too cool for going to class and then the Thermix grades are starting to suffer and then her family getting the up, you know, and then the Dyson comes in and he's like the knight in shining armour or something. Oh, it becomes like kind of interracial. It's like kitchen mixing with cleaning. He's like the one that she always should have ended up with, but she never did because he's the Dyson for whatever reason. She didn't like the Dyson and she just wanted a bit of rough trade with the kettle. And then, But she's always destined to be with the Dyson. I think that's how it's going to be. Well, I would have thought that the Dustbuster would be the rough trade. It's this cheeky little bit nonsense. Oh, yeah. He'd be like he, the- Yeah. <laughs> he just like is known for his like He's sort of like just- Gentle sucking in the corner. Yeah, he'd be the annoying little one just trying to always put the hard word on the Thermomix, but she was ne- having none of it. I thought he'd be more like a fluffer, like in a pod set, like just sort of like gently just sort of like sucking away, but not with any actual conviction. <laughs> Unlike, say, the Dyson that's fully committed and does the job properly, the little tiny dust buster, the cordless one with a sort of 1980s style engine and the, just the pissy suction. Kind of is there to like... Pretty much good for nothing. It's like the fluffer with stallions and horses. Mm. That's what the Dustbuster is. Yeah. It's like kind of needed, but not really respected. Yeah. The, the, the real life mare at the, um, at the thoroughbred horse stud that tempts the big stallion into then go, <laughs> going the fake mare. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, we've led this, um, led this conversation down a very dark... Very dark path. Very I already thought we were kind of going a dark path by having the, you know, the kitchen and the, you know, cleaning well, appliances mixing. I think that what happens next is, what's this space? Who knows? Because honestly, when we're having this conversation in three years' time and they're making Fast and Furious 17, which I could definitely see happening, and they're making John Wick 13, as good as John Wick 1 and 2 were, uh, I can see them just flocking that one to the yin-yang and... They're making, you know, the Emoji Movie 5. It's like, really? Your old favourite emojis are back. We brought back Pooh and Smiley Face for Emoji Movie 5. Plus, all the new emojis are in there as well. Oh, that's the obvious thing. It's like a Pixar film. They bring in the new emojis to try and bejazzle. Yeah, you can keep adding new emojis as our friends in the lab keep making them and then bring back the old favourites, the big poo and the stinking poo and the smiley winky face with the love heart eyes or whatever I don't know really like what the F man come on nice alright uh, do you want another beer Biggins I might go to the bar alright that'd be great mate give me a cheeky one Music